When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, all right, all right. Welcome into another episode of Hockey Royalty Live, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. Today we are talking about those comeback kings. Two big third periods. Extending the road streak, hoping to break it this upcoming weekend. Get in the chat, like, and subscribe. Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome in. We had, we had, Always the first person trying to get in there, CJ, 1.20 p.m. Good evening, evening, everybody. Your kings are a wagon. Yes, they are. Nav coming in here. Holy hell, what a comeback. Didn't expect that kind of performance after the two periods were so dreadful. None of us did either. I'm still trying to get over that adrenaline bump from the third period, Kubiak SP. Richard Sarabia comes in saying, fuck yeah, let's get this party started. Go Kings, go Leib with a hey, guys. What's up, Leib? Well, obviously, you know, we're one short. Joe is a little bit under the weather, so uh, give Joe some well wishes there. Hopefully, he will be back this week. Uh, but you got your dynamic twosome here with Russell and I. Russ, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Yeah, hockey is looking pretty good in Los Angeles so far, so I'm feeling good. How you doing? Kings are, in fact, a wagon, and it's nice. It's nice to see. Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, Niners, uh, you know, stomped down on the throats of those Philadelphia Eagles, which I like that this weekend um you know just kind of getting that holiday spirit going trying to lose some lbs before you gain it all back with the christmas dinner so you know just right. not much there kind of scoping the tickets uh the kings come to dallas in january and so just trying to see and see if i can get some deals right now you know they're not too bad but you know hopefully they dip a little bit i think they're unveiling uh a statue i think it's mike madonna is getting a yeah. statue uh yeah. when we're there so just trying to figure it out. Probably just my brothers and I go on. So usually there's some ticket dips the last minute. Um, but, you know, nothing compared to uh, some of the bigger markets. Dallas is usually pretty inexpensive. So we're trying to get some good seats uh, and hopefully see a dub. I haven't had the best of luck in Dallas. We've had some games where we've given up the leads last minute or just gotten completely, uh, completely blown away. So <laughs> yeah, hopefully with the, the Wagoneers that we are watching right now that we can see a good win. It'd be funny if they still had the road record going when you're there and then they end up losing it. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't put that kind of, I'm not going to do that. Juju. It, would, it would be, it would still, I think we all be happy if it extended that long, but we're having fun so it, far. Noah's in here. Randon, grab me a ticket. When you get yours, I'll Venmo you as always. Noah, that's where I met Noah as the first Kings game. When I came, when I moved to Dallas, 
we met at the first game. We were I was just walking by this little bar, oh, nice. and they had like a cigar patio, and so we sat down, had some cigars, watched the game, and then he's been to almost every game since. So it's been kind of cool. So that's the that's the thing that's so cool about since we started doing this is meeting a lot of these Kings fans, right? And I mean, I always talk about it on the Twitter spaces I do is like the reason I started Hockey Rose here, we started to want to do all this is that we create this community of Kings fans. And I just say it all the time, like you're in Los Angeles and you don't really run into many fans of the sport of hockey in general. So that now that we're able to create this community and you're able to communicate, obviously with social media makes it really easy. You go to a game, you run into somebody like, Oh, Hey, Brandon, what's going on, buddy? Like, hey, let's hang out, watch the game together. Because you want to meet Kings, other Kings fans, especially with how well they're playing. So it's been it's been cool. It's been fun so far. Yeah, there's been a lot of transplants from California to Texas. So like, I, I felt like the the games as they've gotten more and more. I mean, I've been here eight years, but every year there seems to be more and more. And it's not like Dallas has a bad team. Dallas has had a good team almost the entire time that I've been here. But you see like a little bit more and more there. And it's cool. You get some good chance. Get some good stuff going. Uh, so I mean, and it's a it's a great barn to watch a game in. Like really good atmosphere uh, for for the Dallas fans. Lots of bars and stuff around uh, the area. Uh, it's nice that I can take a train directly to there. Don't have to worry about parking and everything like that. Oh, so nice. yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good little uh, pretty good little thing they got going over there. Rocho coming in here, lead my man. Nav coming in, sup boys? Kings roll. Hello, fellas. I missed you already. Yes, we do too. Um, we do too. You, we won't have a, a test about stats. Uh, at the end of this uh, podcast, but uh, maybe Joel will hit us next week. Leave coming here, Rosho. Look at you guys just coming in the chat, wishing well on on each other. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. That's what I love. Well, that's this. This is what our fan base brings. Every every brings the energy every single time. Holden coming here. What's up, guys? So obviously uh, there was a comeback there, Russ. Um, I don't was. know. If, uh, I don't know if you watched it. I uh, telling you before the podcast did not see the comeback. I was at work driving home during the third period and my brothers were texting me or Logan was texting me during the game. And then I didn't get any text messages from him. And I was like, okay, well, we didn't score. It is what it is. Three, nothing. I'll get home and watch some anime or, or whatever. And then all of a sudden I get an update from the athletic, like, Oh, four, three win in overtime. I was like, what the heck, man, what happened? <laughs> then I go back and watch it. I can't believe I missed it in real time. You probably watched it in real time as well as a bunch of other Kings fans, adrenaline popping when you're watching that live. How did that feel? Uh, you know, you watched the whole game up to that point as well. Kind of give us your feeling about the game and then obviously the the big third period. Is comeback in Columbus like just too on the nose? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird because you're watching the first two periods and, and I'm sure like watching it, you didn't really get the sense that a comeback was really going to happen. It, it sort of had the same kind of vibe as the Philadelphia game where it was just nothing seemed to be going right for the Kings. Even the, the the goals that the Blue Jackets were scoring, it just kind of seemed like the Kings were almost beating themselves more than anything. The turnover, the neutral zone that led to the Goudreau um, breakaway, uh, the first goal that was a byfield roughing penalty that was a little questionable, uh, that ended up in a power play goal for Columbus. So, And then the third one was kind of just like a broken play right in front of Copley. So it seemed like a lot of the things that could go wrong were just going wrong for the Kings. But for some reason, like this year just feels different than watching prior years of the Kings play. You just have this feeling in the back of your head that this team is just never out of it. And going into the third period, like I remember I was like, 
there's no way I'm gonna turn this game off. Like like even prior like last few years, I probably would have been like, eh, this is this is pretty much over. There's no way they're gonna come back from three down, especially in the third period. It's rare that ever even happens. But like I said, this time this time around, this team looks really good. And they can just flip a switch at any time because that confidence is so high. And that's what they did in the third period. And, and it was just another amazing third period, what we've seen in the last few games or so. Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been nonstop talking about it. That this, this there's no lead too too big uh, for the teams. And and if you look at that game, you know, I was trying to peek it at it at work. You know, while I was working, and my brothers were saying the same thing. Like we just look horrible. You know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you like you're in a game, and it's one of those old school Kings games where where you're out shooting the opponent, but the goals aren't going in, and you're like, yeah. okay, well, like. Like we still look good, we're just not putting like the, the Washington game, right? We're not, we still look good, we're just not putting the puck in the net. You know that wasn't the vibe that I was getting while watching, uh, or nor from the Kings fans on Twitter. So it was like, man, like this is gonna be a tough switch to flip. And and credit to whoever you know talked in the locker room, whether it was Todd McClellan or or Drew Doughty or or any other of the captains. But this team seems to just gel regardless, whether you see the post game celebrations or or what have you. And it just seems like that everybody knows what they have to do in order to win hockey games and to where they, they also themselves truly believe that they're never out of it. Yeah. I think we have to give a ton of props to Todd McClellan. Um, after the, or in the post game show with Bally's Carlin Baith had an interview with Drew Dowdy and she asked him like, what did Todd McClellan say to you guys? Or what was the message in the locker room after the two periods that kind of got you guys going back in the third? And Dowdy had said that McClellan told them, that Columbus was just collapsing everybody in deep in front of their own net. So they were just taking away the middle and really denying a lot of the good things that the Kings are usually able to do, those nice cross-ice passes. I mean, just the puck movement is usually going pretty well for the Kings when they're, on, when they're at their best. And so McClellan told them, he told the team, hey, guys, just get it to the, let's get it to the point, get some shots in, get some through, and maybe muck it up a little bit and get some uh, – get some uh, rebound goals in front and kind of get some garbage. And that's pretty much what the first goal end up, ended up being. And even the Deno- the second Deno goal as well was kind of just like a little, little. Uh, he kind of tipped it right b- behind Merzlikens too. But that was the same kind of thing. And then Callie with this third one was just a, a great individual play by Callie. And Jared Anderson Dolan was heavily involved in that. But, I mean, Tom McClellan, like, again, it's just he's been turning or pushing all the right buttons these last few weeks to start the year. The the Carl Grunstrom Kaliev switch, uh, sitting Laferriere for a game, but and you're seeing all these things that are happening, and a lot of it has to do with the, what Todd McClellan is doing behind the bench, and, and that paid off uh, last night. Yeah, I mean he's just going on 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 all levels, and it, it sometimes it doesn't seem like in previous years that the Kings were able to make adjustments, or a lot of fans were upset at Todd McClellan because he wouldn't yeah. make adjustments. And would just kind of sit there and, and hope a team would respond. And whether that was just perception of the fan base or that was really what was going on, it didn't seem like they could push many buttons. And, and as as we've alluded to in many other podcasts, there's a different level to this offense on five on five. They were very much a north south team um, <clears throat> last year, to where there wasn't a lot of interaction going and, and weaving in and out and changing lanes and moving in perception of where the puck was coming from, from the goalie. And now you don't know where it's coming from. All lines roll at every single direction. Uh, obviously the, you know, the, the first line is, is one of the better top lines in the league, let, you know? And so 
there's a lot more confidence there. You have a point per game player in Fial on the second line with Deneau. Moore is obviously on a record pace for goals. Like you're getting a lot more help, which allows this team to be able to flip the switch, as you say. Man, that first line, the second line, I mean, pretty much any line, pick, take your pick. And even when Blake Lazat hasn't been in, I thought the fourth line looked really good last night. Um, and then they rewarded with that that Cali of goal at the end there. So obviously it sounds like we might be getting Blake Lazat back uh, tomorrow against the Canadians, which would be huge. Or if not, he's really close. It sounds it sounds like he's really close to coming back. But I mean, yeah, it's just depth is the key word this season for this team. They just come at you in waves. I've heard, like, I listen to a lot of the away broadcasts. We talked about this before, but you like to kind of get another uh, opinion on the team. And you just hear that phrase. They come at you in waves all the time. The other announcers talk about it. It's really good to hear the the other announcers kind of hype up the Kings. And it's it's like, it's nothing like like dirty hockey or hockey that you can't really be proud of watching as a fan. I mean, you just such good, just fundamental systemic hockey is being played in Los Angeles. And, and if you're a Kings fan, I mean, it's a lot to be happy about. But, I mean, last night, I, there's so many stats. To, uh, there was one stat that kind of caught, caught my eye. It marked the first time in more than 30 years that Los Angeles won a road contest after trailing by more than three, by three or more goals in the third period. And it was the first one since 2007, which was the, the um, I think it was the Frenzy in Frigoroa. Someone's going to, no, not Frenzy in Frigoroa. I'm getting it wrong. Someone's going to yell at me for getting this wrong. It was a comeback against Dallas. But, yeah, yeah I mean, this fun, This team is just so much fun to watch so far. Dan coming in here. Oops. I replied to Russell that I had to watch the game on the Blue Jackets feed because the blackout in my area it was great hearing the dejection of the, in the third period from the Columbus announcers. Uh, Matt P confirming it was Dallas. So, you know, I, I think we're, we're getting, starting to get a lot of praise. People are noticing the style of play. Obviously, in order to win a game, you have to get production from your stars, right? That's what you're paying them for. Uh, you know, the, the scoreboard for PLD isn't there, but the underlying metrics are there. Obviously, Kempe's earning his contract. Kopitar is always doing his thing. Dowdy's playing well. And then you got to get uh, value out of your lesser contracts. And Byfield is obviously one of those. We've talked about ad nauseum from him. Cam Talbot is playing out of his mind for what we thought we were going to get from him. England is doing what he needs to do for the contract that he's been given. Jordan Spence is playing his, you know, his ass off and everything like that. So the Kings are getting what they need to get out of their stars. And then they're getting production out of the players that um, are getting so much value from their contracts. I mean, can't, you can add Cam Talbot to that mix, right? I mean, yeah. you're only spending $2.5 million on your goaltending. And it's one of the best, well, not the, one of the best goaltending tandems, but the Cam Talbot's been putting up top five numbers. I think he's, Last I checked, he's second in goals against average and top three, at least, in save percentage. So, yeah, value. And that, that kind of just points to, toward Rod Blake and a lot of the decisions he's made over the season or over the offseason. Andreas England, uh, like you said, Jordan Spence is playing still kind of, I believe it's his entry-level deal. And Quinn Byfield is still on his entry-level deal. I mean, so when you can get those type of players playing at the level they're playing, Quinn Byfield especially, we t- it's like you have that quarterback, and that, that rookie quarterback in the NFL that you kind of surround – Mm-hmm. Uh, with great talent because you're not really paying him those big bucks so far. That's kind of what the Kings are getting in Quentin Byfield. I mean, they're getting a a solid first-line left winger to play along Kopitar and Kempe at an entry-level deal. Not a lot of teams across the league can do that. So they got to really take advantage of this year where you have that opportunity to kind of fill a lot of these holes with some uh, other contracts because it's certainly looking like it could. we could see Matt Roy walk in, uh, next year, which – 
kind of depresses me a little bit, but it is what it is. You have Jordan Spence, you have Brent Clark coming up. And then same thing with Victor Arbison, who are both UFAs. But yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a great ride so far. So first 21 games are, are looking, is it 21, 22? Either way, I'm having fun. 22, yeah. 22. LA Kings, Nick, uh, uh, echoes that sentiment. We deserve this team. All fans who didn't miss a single game during the Willie DeJardins First line Austin Wagner era deserves to watch this team's <laughs> team play. Uh, Richard coming in here saying, hey, here's a question for you guys. If this team keeps rolling like they have been and get 100% healthy and still dominate and, and kick ass, and what should be done at the deadline if everything? Well, I mean, I think he's referring to VA getting healthy um, mm-hmm. and everything like that. The Really, at that point, I mean, with the cap, there really isn't much the Kings can do. Uh, and so – you're looking at a, a deadline acquisition would be Victor Arvidsson. You know, you would add a scoring threat to the third line. Then you can decide what to do with Laferriere. If that's put him on the fourth line and, and bench Lewis. Um, if that's put him back down in, in the A, um, you know, we'll see. There's no update on Victor Arvidsson at, at the moment. But yeah. you got to assume that if he's 100% healthy, he's going to slot in over over Laferriere. Uh at least, if I mean, who who knows how they feel about the team at that point, and and which players playing at the highest level? But that is an acquisition. Getting those guys, getting him healthy, he's a sixty point guy. That is a huge acquisition at the deadline. Hundred percent. That's what I keep telling everybody. Is like at this point, that's how, how I'm feeling about Victor Arvidsson. Is he's going to be the trade deadline acquisition for the Kings this year? Just because we really haven't gotten any updates, it certainly seems seems like he's not really close at all. To, to coming back and there's really no need to rush him back either i mean you want to make sure he's 100 percent when he when he's back on the ice so the way this team's playing right now i don't see a need to kind of try to force victor arvidsson into the lineup when it comes to march around right around the trade deadline the trade deadline passes then yeah if victor arvidsson is healthy yeah that's a great forward to add to the lineup i think he is he has led all kings forwards the last couple of years and wins above replacement on evolvinghockey.com's website so when you're going to add a forward like that to a team that's playing as well they're playing right now, hopefully they continue this kind of play up until that point. That's huge. So looking forward to that. Yeah, a lot, uh, Richard Rich coming here. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, go Kings Go. I saw those sweet shirts. I'm in a wheelchair and don't wear white for obvious reasons. Will you guys ever have other colors? So, yes, we're going to come out with other shirts uh, in the future. We're already working on other ideas. If Depending on how fast and the need for these shirts – we're probably going to do a black and white option um, in to wear the black shirt with the white California uh, and everything like that. Obviously I don't see the fandom for Trevor Moore going down. So, you know, these shirts have been pretty hot. Uh, we've already are going to be mailing out our first round for the people that, that got in right away. Uh, Russ was talking about that either tomorrow or, or by the end of the week uh, is what he's planning on. But, you know, we're going to keep these going. Um, if people want different iterations, maybe we'll order, you know, 10 or 20 of a different color, kind of just have a different reiteration of the same shirt. And we're going to have new designs coming out. Russ has already got a couple ideas. I got a couple ideas. Joe's got a couple ideas. So we're going to keep it going here and to see how this kind of goes. And, and, you know, if you guys keep liking our ideas, we're going to keep putting them out there. Uh, anything for our fans, we appreciate you guys uh, at every level. But yes, Richie Rich, we will Absolutely. have different colors uh, coming out there. So obviously this is not the first comeback. Obviously we beat Colorado with with an epic third period as well and kind of got a monkey off our back right i mean last year we played them and they were injured pretty heavily they won the cup the year before 
Uh, it always seems that they had our number and dominate us at every level. And they're kind of the team that does a lot of that zigzag in and out. And McKinnon dominates a shift. Landis Scott will dominate a shift. And you're like, man, they're getting they're getting play from everywhere. Kale McCarr, obviously. And the Kings seem like they're kind of that team this year where they're that wagon. And they were able to punch Colorado in the mouth a little bit in the third period and kind of take over the game when it was needed. It kind of felt like Drew Doughty and Mike Anderson took it upon themselves to really make up for the first game of the season where it's, I mean, it seemed like Ranton and McKinnon were just able to do whatever they wanted on the ice. And that's pretty much the reason why they lost that first game. I mean, this in this last game that they played against Colorado, where they won four to one. I mean, th- those big guys were kind of shut down for the Kings. And a lot of that was because of the defensive plays of Drew Doughty and Mike Anderson. I thought, I mean, Doughty has been just an absolute monster this year, dude. I mean, he's just on another level. Like we're seeing for the, the, those people that aren't that are saying that Prime Doughty is like gone. Like this, he's back. Same thing with Kopitar. Like both. It's. It, I don't know if you guys, if you saw. I don't know if you saw that uh, the dance video that they shared for the win last night. But if you guys go back and watch it, watch the end of that clip, and you just see this embrace between Doughty and Kopitar. And I just know what they're thinking in their head. They're thinking, we have a team here. This is a yeah. team that reminds them of those cup-winning teams. They're like You can just sense it between those players that have been there before, that are surrounded by talent. Like, oh my God, this we can actually do this again. So to have those players have that mentality back in their back instilled in their head heads, I mean, that's huge because you have like Norris level defenseman playing Norris level defensive hockey and then a Selkie level forward centerman playing Selkie level hockey as well. And I mean, man, I mean, when you can have those players playing at the level they're playing along with Mikey Anderson, Quentin Byfield along those, and it's funny, those they're kind of mentoring their, their other, their line mates too. I mean, sky's the limit right now for this team. You brought it out uh, the other night and or other day on Twitter about, you know, we finally got to get a name for, for this first line. Like they've been <laughs> together and I, I was late to the party and, and I'm just going to throw this out there. What about the diamond line, right? Diamond I'm Jubilee good. is a 75th anniversary. Their numbers add up to 75, the diamond line, because everything's cash money with that. But you know what's funny is, yeah, Jesse Cohen had that same same uh, idea with the diamond line, 75. Really? So that's, that's another one. Another one that I think got a lot of traction was the Trinity line, because <laughs> you have the father in Kopitar, you have the, the son in uh, Byfield, and then you have the Holy Spirit in Kempe. So people were calling the <laughs> Trinity line. Another one I saw was the Generations line. I have to say, I haven't seen one that's like caught my eye. I do like the ideas that are floating out there. I mean, the thing with the, the nice line, uh, it just it just made so much sense. You add in the 69, of course, the moniker. It's like you say nice. And yeah. it was like perfect. Like, okay, let's go with that. At this one, it's like, okay, I feel like we're still there. But I, they do need a name. I feel like they do need a name. They're just so good out there. One of the best lines in the NHL. I mean, their goal, their actual goal, goal share I shared, I think it's like 77% since they've been together. I think that's like at least best or at least top three in the NHL since they've, they've been playing together. So, I mean, we've been kind of waiting for a first line in Los Angeles, like a legit first line with a legit left winger. They finally have one. RB coming in here, by the way, you guys shipped to Canada. DM Russ or DM the, uh, the hockey royalty Twitter, and they'll, we'll figure out a way. I know Canada doesn't have Venmo. So whether it's PayPal or something, Russ and Joe and I will figure it out. Uh, we don't want to neglect our fan bases anywhere in the um, 
in the nation and everything like that or or over the world uh just because you know you guys don't have venmo so we'll try to make it work uh with with everybody um so just yeah just dm the hockey royalty or rust directly and we'll try to get uh you guys figured out and squared away so yeah i just wanted one uh, other thing i wanted to note was the um the third periods i mean these last couple third periods that the kings have played these last three games especially i was looking up uh it, it just seems like they're just constantly playing in the offensive zone these third periods which has been so good obviously the washington game didn't end the way the way they wanted to even though they kind of dominated the Avalanche game was great that third period. And then, of course, this last game against Columbus. But, I mean, in total shot attempts, the, the shot attempts are in favor, in LA's favor, in the last three games in the third period, 104 to 32. Ooh, it's, it's just an insane, that's spicy. Course, an insane course of percentage the way this team's been playing. And I think a lot of it has to do with, like I talked about, is that, that confidence, that mentality to be like – like last night, like they knew they were playing like shit the first two periods. That's it's a team like we're not supposed to be losing this Columbus team. No, I mean, even fans are watching, like, what the hell's going on? They were just it almost felt like they were just beating themselves. So to have that mentality where they just can be like, Okay, we just need to make one adjustment, they made it, and it worked because then they just didn't get back right out on their game. And I had a it's funny, I had a I had a cousin, it was like a fan, it was kind of more like family friend, I call him a cousin, but he lived in Ohio and I didn't actually know he was at the game and he texted me after. I'm going to read you this text message you sent me. Let me get it real quick. He said, hold on, there it is. He said, it was unreal. They looked so much faster and made the jack- jackets look like a high school team. <laughs> <laughs> and I just loved, like, like, it's exactly what it looked like. It just looked like a team that was playing against this JV squad, this varsity team playing against this JV squad on the ice. And it was so cool to hear all the Kings fans. I had fans sending me banners that they had made. I, I, I forgot the name, but a guy had a – like the Interstate 10 to mark the 10 road wings for the Kings. I mean, it's just it, the Go Kings Go chants on, on the telecast were great to hear too. I mean, I can imagine like being a Kings fan, like living in these other areas, especially like like for you, example, like you live in a different area that's not LA. So to be able to see the Kings come and play in your hometown and the plays as well as they're playing on the road. I mean, that's got to be incredible. I mean, it, it is it, it is incredible. And, and I know that, you know, what, 2012 and 14, you know, during the cup runs, I was in California. So, like, the only games that I really was able to go to was either travel down to L.A. or go see them in San Jose. And at that time, San Jose was a good team. So, both times that we went to San Jose, they lost. So, it was just like, you know, it was not really there. And then when I moved here, the team was kind of going through that little – that rebuild. And so, going to games was brutal. Like, it was just like – yeah, the Wagner errors and stuff like that. We'd be lucky to score. Like, hey, I just want to see one goal tonight. Like, I want to see a goal <laughs> scored on our end was our goal. And and so, like, the last couple of years, it's been transitioning to, you know, let's let's see some of these stars come up, you know, wanting to see Byfield, wanting to see, you know, we when Kovalchuk was signed, we wanted to see him because he's a legend and all that kind of stuff like that. Now it's really the first time since I've moved here that we are an absolute juggernaut. And, like, I expect to see Ws. When I move, even though Dallas is a good team, like I expect to see yeah. wins. Uh, last year, I tried to see, you know, I felt the same way, but you know, like now coming in here, it's like I expect to see a win every time I watch this team play in, in Dallas. So, which I'll go to see him twice this year, which will be nice. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's it's just nice to like finally have a king season where you like they just come out hot out of the gates, and it, and it kind of feels like there's. There's no real reason why this team can start 
playing poorly. I don't want to knock on wood, but I mean, it just seems like it's there's no luck involved with this team. Everything everything that's going right is going right for a reason. It's the system they play, the players in the ice. So there's no real reason to think that this should be slowing down at all. So it's kind of nice to have that feeling when you're watching the Kings season so far to start where they just come out hot right out of the gate. And it certainly feels like they can carry this throughout the the whole year. Because, I mean, the last few years or pretty much almost every Kings year, it feels like they kind of just stumble out of the gates and they're just kind of crawling their way into a playoff spot. Even though last year they just kind of blew the doors off after kind of after January a little bit. But, I mean, to start off this year, I mean, it's been incredible. Uh, to watch and and i'm looking forward to hopefully they can carry this throughout the whole year trapper nine coming in here all right i'm here just came in to see joe wait where's joe yeah we miss him too uh thanks coming in trapper Trapper. yeah you were coming uh arby's coming in here going to the game montreal uh you know hope you didn't have to pull out your 401k to go to that game i know tickets are quite expensive there uh but you know hopefully you see the 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 clinching win um, let's get into our sponsors here at DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, the game tomorrow right here is still plus one and a half uh, in favor, minus one and a half in favor of the Kings, over under a six and a half. Uh, with the way they're scoring, I, I'm going the over uh, with a six and a half there if I was going to do something. Uh, but get your bets in. You could just bet $5 or download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 in free bets. When they bet $5 on hockey, that's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. I'm sure that boils down to a a day. I don't know why they didn't just put a day in there, but 168 hours after their issuance, um, (laughs) you have to use those bonus bets. So hopefully you get that $5 and uh, you can bet another $150 on your Kings as the season goes along. So, Let's get into the rest of the road trip. Obviously, the clincher is tomorrow night, Montreal. Uh, no, not a not a heavy team or not a team where it's like, hey, they're playing Boston or something like that to where it's going to be a real tough game. We already handled Montreal. We should win. Uh, you know, like I said, knock on wood. But you are going into their barn. You are Montreal fans are a rabid fan base. It is going to be loud in there. I'm sure they're going to want to play spoiler uh, and not allow that uh, game clinching win. What does this game look like to you? Who do you think uh, you know maybe should start in the net for this game? Kind of how how do you they do have a goal over there in Montreal? As Arby says, watch out uh, for Munson Bolt um, there that can steal a game from you. How do you kind of view this game and and what does it look like for tomorrow? Yeah, it certainly seems like Cam Talbot would be the starter. I'd be surprised if that's not the case, especially with Copley going in Columbus. And it was nice to see Copley keep his uh, regulation. Uh, what, he hasn't lost in regulation so far this season, which is kind of funny to think about, especially with the kind of the way he started the season. But yeah, when you have Talbot going against uh, Montreal, that should spark a little bit more confidence into the into the fan base. I mean, me, me especially. And it kind of felt like even when when Deneau was talking in post game uh, after Columbus last night, he he kind of mentioned that the time zone maybe it took the team. A, a little bit to kind of get acclimated and that's kind of why maybe they started a little slow for the first two periods. So hopefully now that they're kind of adjusted to the road schedule a little bit, they, I mean, they know what's at stake as much as they probably don't want to talk about it. And probably the the Canadians do as well. I mean, they have it. They're going to, that's going to be the talk of the NHL is the Kings going in and trying to uh, make history pretty much with winning the first 11 road games of the year. Damn. That's, that's just so crazy to think about. 
There's 41 road games. The Kings have won the first 11 of them. It's just absolutely wild. But yeah, I mean, if they can win the first 11, I mean, or they've won, sorry, they've won the first 10 of them. They can win the first 11 of them. That would be just absolutely incredible. So it should be a fun game. Right now, the right now the Montreal Canadiens are 11, 11, and three with 25 points. So essentially 500 on the season, four, five, and one uh, in their last 10. So similar in their last 10 as they're playing in the entire year. They're about 50-50 uh, on the team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they got Slavkovsky, the number one overall pick, trying to still find his footing. They got a lot of young players and talent and a goalie that can steal games in there. So it's not going to be taking them lightly, uh, as Arby says here. Um, you know, I, I think this team just needs to play their game. Like, don't yeah. go into the other barn and, and worry about it. If they play their game, no, nobody's beating this team. So it, it's kind of fitting that we have that kind of team now because you look at where the Kings are at. Obviously we are, uh, have a couple games in hand on the golden Knights, but we have 15, four and three for 33 points, seven fifty points percentage, but we lead the league in point uh, or goal differential. So mm-hmm. with, with plus 32. So this team can shut it down. We can score points in bunches. I think however the first period starts, they need to get out in a, in a hot start and then just play their game, which is gonna, which is like the, like you said, the relentless waves uh, coming from each line, and and that is good. That's hard for any team to take care of, let alone a team like Montreal, which is still on the mend and in, in rebuilding. Yeah, um, Montreal, I believe, just beat Seattle uh, the other day, and I think it was was an RB that mentioned Sam Montebo. He can steal a steal a game. He's a pretty good goaltender, so got to watch out for it. So you just want to see the same kind of game that they played against Montreal at home. Just Get out really quick and just play your game and don't let them get any momentum because once you get that fan, those fans going in Montreal, uh, that like you mentioned, that barn can get get uh, cracking over there. So come out, come out hot. Don't come out with those first two periods you had against Columbus. Get, get acclimated to the road schedule um, because yeah, I'm sure it. Like like I said, like it's got to be in the back of their heads that the uh, the record is on on the line here. So I'm sure they want to win it just as we want to watch them win it. So. That'd be fun to see. I mean, athletes are athletes are prideful people. I mean, Montreal's yeah. gonna want to win this game. They're not gonna want to be the team that's on the record books for for against, right? You know, and and it's it's just uh, you know, Rich coming here, it'd be fitting if they won number eleven, matching our awesome captain's great number eleven. Right. You know, I I think that's kind of a little uh, you know, something that's kind of gonna be awesome about this uh this part there, you know. And but yeah, like I said, athletes are not gonna want to be a part of the the, the parade or the celebration for the Kings. Montreal wants to go in there. They want to win. Um, you know, they're all pro athletes and they have that respect for themselves to want to play, play a little spoiler for, for what's about to happen. So I would expect Montreal to try to come out and, and see uh, if they can play their game or steal a goal early and kind of put the Kings on their heels. And, and if they can do that and kind of just win one of these grimy games, you know, that that's where I think, Montreal might have a chance if you get some good goaltending. They got to early lead, and you know you, the puck doesn't really fall in uh, in the Kings' favor. It's always, it always feels like there's always these little connections with Montreal these last few years. Yeah, Bergevin in LA now, former GM for Montreal. Obviously, Deneau left Montreal to sign as a free agent in LA, and a lot of the talk uh, before he got traded to LA was Dubois going to Montreal. Mm-hmm. So this will be his first time playing in Montreal after being traded to LA. So you have a little bit of extra storylines involved here. And like you mentioned, like this team, they're going to have a lot of pride in them to not be that, 
that team that takes that final loss. But I mean, Marty St. Louis is a, a really good coach and he can kind of motivate the players to get them on board to not, not back down. And hopefully the Kings can get out, get out ahead early and, and play their game the rest of the way. CJ coming in here. Clark just got a primary apple on Houdon's power play goal. Thank you. Oh, nice. uh, you know, I need, I need my, you know, weekly Clark update uh, <laughs> to keep me alive and speaking, keeping people alive. Trapper nine coming with a super chat, $5 super chat here to help get Joe back paying for the meds that uh, are going to get Joe back on his feet. Uh, appreciate <laughs> the five bucks for that. We'll send it right over to him. Yeah. We miss, we miss Joe as well. Uh, he's just, he's sucking down cough medicine and, and everything to get him back going. Uh, appreciate the five bucks trapper. Uh, thank you for that donation there. So I, it's, it's going to be something here that, that I think that it's going to be interesting for the Kings, uh, not, not only in Montreal, but to see how they can keep this game going. And, and you look at, you know, obviously, eventually they probably will lose one. I mean, it's, I don't think it's never been done, a team winning 41. So, uh, but wait, what? No way. But in, <laughs> but in the playoffs, awesome, right? Yeah. But in the playoffs, you know, you look at the Kings playoffs and when they've won, they were, they had that road streak as well in, in being able to win in another team's barn. This is going to take, it's, this is going to carry for the, the rest of the season. When a team needs to go into a tough barn into the playoffs, like they're going to have the confidence that they're going to be able to, to win and, and do those types of things. And I think that's what takes a team that's competing for the playoffs uh, to a team that's competing for the Stanley cup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's still, I mean, not just to kind of get past the record, which is which is kind of which is great, obviously, to win the first eleven road games. But I'm looking forward to that game in New York, or that at least against the Rangers, not the not the Islanders game because I hate watching the Islanders play. Although it was pretty funny watching them lose four to one. They were dude, they were up four to one to the San Jose Sharks with eight minutes left, and they lost in overtime. I mean, I could I was listening to the Islanders broadcast and talk about you thought the Columbus announcers were were upset just. Oh, listen to the game-winning goal that the Sharks scored by the Islanders <laughs> broadcast. That was hilarious. But I'm looking forward to – like, I'm looking forward to tests now for this Kings team. Like, as much as I'm excited to watch them and, and try to break the record against Montreal, I'm ready to watch these games against Colorado. But and the, all these powerhouses, especially this one coming up against the Rangers, because it certainly seems like these are the best two teams playing in the NHL right now. And the way that it's set up is the Kings are playing a back-to-back and the Rangers are playing a back-to-back. That'll be the second leg of a back-to-back. So it's really setting up the possibility that we're going to see Jonathan Quick playing against the Kings on, on Sunday here. So that's a, definitely spice things up a little bit. Speaking of spicy, Leeb's coming in here saying, Russell, your hair is glorious. Oh, appreciate it, Leeb. I got a little salt and pepper going. I know. A little, a little bit more. A little, a little a little, silver and black, as as uh, that, as they could say. So that's That's it. Yeah. You know, I you know what I saw, and you're talking about a back to back. I saw so many Avalanche fans complaining about the scheduling from the league because they lost to the Kings. They're like, oh, this is outrageous, you know, back to back, and how do they do this? And it's like every team plays back to backs. Like, mm-hmm. like what, what, like what, what is that? Like, might, might be it the weakest. All, yeah, it happens all the everywhere. I mean, it, it, but the thing that was actually so weird about that game is usually the Ducks are the ones that are playing. The, the team that's like usually the Kings play the team first on Saturday night. Saturday night always seems like there's a Kings game at home. And then the Ducks are playing that team on the second leg of back to back on the Sunday. But this time it was switched, which was kind of strange. But I mean, yeah, it happens all the time. 
I think it was just more or less like they're upset that it was the back-to-back and then Makar wasn't playing. Obviously, I, w- I want to see Makar play. I want to see the Kings play against the best teams. Like I mentioned, it, I want to see the challenges. I want to see those key games against those key oppon- opponents to see them, how they level up against those teams. So I'm sure we'll, we'll see Colorado in Colorado. Maybe we'll get uh, full health. and Both teams will be fully healthy and we get a, a good matchup there. Trapper coming in here saying I'm mostly salt. I'm sure, uh, you know, nothing wrong with the Silver Fox look as well. So I appreciate that. So, you know, I, I think it, you're you're right. So once once they get the streak out of the way, it's you know, you're only adding on to it after that, playing good teams. And, you know, the rest of the road trip here, the, the New York leg, obviously the Islanders, you know, they're kind of middle of the pack. They can they have a playoff team. They got a lot of veterans on there. Bo Horvat, you know, from Vancouver going over there. And then the big one, which might be the – you know, which I'm sure a lot of Kings fans would want to see them play Jonathan Quick and kind of how that would go out. And he's, you know, he's rolling this year, you know, and good for him. Yeah. He's playing closer to home. And I'm sure that does a lot for his psyche because probably not wanting to be on the bench last season and, and you know, watching and then getting cut and and how that all went down. And and so it, it it's just kind of a thing for him. And I wish him well, you know, not in that game, uh, but – it's good to see him playing well. And, you know, he he's the ultimate competitor. Like, and yeah. so he was going to do everything. And maybe he's just healthier. You know, maybe with him having a couple seasons where he's not playing 50, 60 games and he's just playing 20 some games, 25 games, and his, you know, his hips are a little bit more rested, his legs are a little bit more rested, and he's just healthier uh, and able to enjoy playing some hockey. I'm sure that trade kind of riled him up a little bit. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, he, you know, he didn't play much in Vegas. He, he won a cup, but he, he was kind of more or less the, the third or fourth goaltender there. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure in the offseason, he just kind of – it got to him. And, uh, and like you mentioned, he's just a super fiery, competitive guy. And he's not going to want to go out uh, in a whimper, right? He's not going to want to end his career like that. He's going to want to come back and bounce back and be that competitive Jonathan Quick that we've seen. And, yeah, he's playing great. Uh, I think his last game, he's a little bit – he was a little bit more of a barn burner. I think they, they beat the Sharks six to five, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he was in that. But either way, yeah, like you mentioned, he's been playing lights out, and I'm sure it'll be interesting for Kopitar and, and Dowdy to, if he does end up playing, to go up against their former teammate in, in Quickie. It would be quick here. Uh, Mikey, dude, imagine Quick is the one that breaks the streak for the Kings. Well, if that happens, I mean, they would always already have the record, so it wouldn't be too, I guess, disappointing. So, uh, Mike Dude also comes in here. I think we deserve a LA Boston series uh, okay. in the finals. Uh, Richard coming in here that would make a great Cup final with the Kings winning in five. All those superb goaltending and clutch goals from the big dogs. Hey, we're you're still a ways away from the playoffs, but I like it. Like Kings fans <laughs> are excited. I think uh, the mindset I'm excited right now, right? Yeah. I'm excited. Exactly. It's right now. I'm like, hey, let's, look, hey, let's put the cup together, man. Let's let's hoist this bad boy. You know, it's been too mm-hmm. long. It's been uh, we don't we don't want to go over a decade without in between cup runs. You know, let's, let's, that's just too long. For no, for we're bad becoming hockey. a selfish fan base here. We need we need more. We need more. Yeah, more. Kylo Ren. More. Uh, <laughs> so I, I love it there. Let's let's switch it over. Uh, you know, quick thing that came across Dustin Brown um, put into the. Uh, U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he's mentioned that he's moved him. He's moved back to New York area and, and Buffalo. And I think it's probably you know with watching his kids play some hockey out there and, and and that type of thing and and just kind of what it meant to him. And 
what I mean, obviously, Dustin Brown was on the the uh, you know the Olympic team and everything like that that got me uh, into hockey, and so that would probably be my best moment from him. But any, any moment that sticks out to you and in, in Dustin Brown's USA career uh, that that you could kind of mention? Yeah, the Olympic the Olympic games that he played uh, for USA that was really cool, especially to have a an LA player kind of represent uh, the Kings on the American squad, so you can as an American obviously you can cheer for your, your favorite country to play and then see the captain play on that, on that team as well. That was, that was pretty, pretty cool to see. So, I mean, does he does much deserves the, the notion to be in the USA hockey hall of fame. So it, it's good that they're, they're enshrining him in that, um, that, uh, with that ceremony tonight. Yeah. I, I think it, it was, you know, good for him. Obviously he's super humble and, and anytime he talks about, about anything, but, uh, the ultimate competitor, you know, the captain getting it done, not only for the Kings being inducted on, in, you know, his number retired and everything like that, but getting enshrined into American Hockey Hall of Fame and, and hopefully future into the NHL Hockey Hall of Fame. So speaking of NHL hockey, uh, we want to talk about the in-season tournament for the NBA and maybe how that's been going for them and how that maybe could look for the NHL. I know we, because kind of speaking, a lot of people think that there's a lot, there's not enough games against your own division division games mean less because you're playing all these other other teams at least once or twice a year and i know that's so that way you can you know for people like me can i can see my kings every year and i'm guaranteed to have those games and i'm very much appreciative of that um but the in-season tournament's been going well so far for the nba and if anybody doesn't know russ why don't you run down kind of what the tournament is what was the mindset from the nba behind it and then we can get into how the NHL might be able to implement something like this to maybe spice up the, the season. Yeah. So the mindset behind this whole idea is kind of Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, his kind of baby. And he talked about how, how they want to grow more in terms of having a little bit more fanfare surrounding the, the early part of the season with the NBA. Cause I mean, let's, let's be honest. The NBA regular season is, is just so boring in my opinion. I'm not a, I'm not a big basketball guy. I do do enjoy watching basketball uh big laker big lakers fan but i mean you turn on an, a regular nba se- uh, season game uh, or an nba regular season game and you don't know if the stars are playing you don't know like i mean it seems like there's kind of taking nights off at certain points they don't want to do back-to-backs so to implement this in-season tournament it, it really felt gimmicky at the beginning a lot of people kind of thought that my, myself included but it's really kind of turning the heads of a lot of people these last few weeks or so, and especially the players as well, because now you're getting these kind of mundane, like November, uh, October, November regular season games that would pretty much mean nothing to anybody or to, and, and then now all of a sudden they become like very important, especially to the players and, and the fans as well. And it's, it's showing up in the TV ratings. I think TV ratings are up 25%. Uh, prior from prior year so you're getting that and then the players are, are the ones that are uh kind of pumping it up a little bit as well with LeBron talking about it last night after the Lakers win Kevin Durant was talking about it and then so obviously you have the Lakers going to the semifinals and I mean kind of what the format was originally is you're separating I think it's five teams into different groups I could be wrong um, yeah so it yeah, so I read, I, I read, I read it today. So it's based off of last year's standings. There's five pots of of teams based on your 
your standing. So there's going to be, you know, a, a team with a high record, a team with a, a couple teams with middle records and, and some bottom feeders in there to make sure all the, the pots are, are roughly the same. And so there's no shortening of the season or there's no elongating the season. The season's the same amount of games, but on Tuesdays and Thursdays from, I believe, early November till early December, those games are the round robins and you play teams from the pot that you're playing. So it's uh, it's just you play each team once uh, and then the team with the best record, or the team, two teams with the best record move into the single elimination uh, playoff. Teams that don't make it in will play each other on the same nights that the tournament is going on. So that way all those teams can still continue collecting games. So they're not stopping the season for this. They're playing it in between. I think they all count for regular season games too. They all count for regular season games outside of the championship. So (laughs) the championship for the tournament won't count. Um, And so they – they're going to have it all. I mean, obviously the the tournament or the bracket, the team doesn't know, but the rest of the games are already pre-scheduled. Uh, so, you know, they'll already have the travel worked out that way, like Trapper 9 says. But after that, you know, they'll have to kind of figure it out and see which days work best and do a little last-minute planning, which I'm sure, you know, with AI and all the smart heads that are in basketball can figure that out, right? But what it's doing is, like you said, making games in the middle of, of no time, uh, you know, especially in the regular season for the NBA, most people that I know that watch the NBA hardly ever watch the the regular season, unless they're hardcore fans. And everybody in here in this chat is a hardcore fan, and we're going to be watching Kings games or every Kings game that we can during the regular season. So it might not hype it up for us, but you look at the every player from the winning team gets 500K, which is nothing to to shake at. Uh, There's going to be MVPs. There's going to be a trophy, uh, bragging rights, those types of things. I'm sure they're going to try to find – more um, benefits to this this tournament, whether it be for uh, incentives money wise or or you know advertisement or that type of thing. But what it what it could do for the Kings or what it could do for hockey is have an in season tournament where you know you get a little extra fanfare going on, a little extra bragging rights for the fans. Maybe you see some heavy matchups earlier in the year that could be what maybe a playoff matchup would look like. Oh, that, you know, I mean, obviously you get those games anyways, but you know, like, do, like the Rangers, we'll talk about the Rangers this weekend. Obviously it might, it might be big because of the Jonathan quick thing, but realistically, you know, it's like, okay, if we lose out to the Rangers, those two points, they're not in our division. Maybe it doesn't mean as much, but if that's a playoff game for the in season tournament and those players are fighting for money, you know, that might be a little that's bit cool. more bragging rights for, for that type of thing. And, uh, you know, obviously playoff hockey is a whole nother level. We could see that heavier hitting. We could see those types of things, um, you know, as far as, as, you know, in the middle of, of December. And I know a lot of fans want to see, you know, Canada, USA and, and those types of games. And maybe they could do an interseason tournament with that. But right now they're doing it in the NBA with, with having, making normal games that are already going towards the bracket more fun, more entertaining, mean more to the players because they got money on the line. Um, and so I, I think it's interesting how they've done it. It's not perfect, but so far it's going off well. And I think it could be something that uh, not only could uh, hockey implement, I wonder if baseball could implement it. 162 games like that in the in-season tournament might be kind of, 100%, yeah. might, might be kind of fun for fans uh, there. So, 
it's it's interesting. What what has been your opinion of it, and how do you think it? What would it do for you? Like it maybe as as a a really hardcore fan, you watch more than just Kings games. What would it do for you and other other big fans of the sport to have maybe an in season tournament? Yeah, I mean, like like I said at the beginning, when I've heard. When I first heard that this was announced it was going to be happening, I was like, yeah, this, is, this is so st- stupid. I mean, you're just kind of giving a consolation trophy just to kind of give one away. But, I mean, like you like you said, like an additional $500,000 for some of these players is nothing to poo-poo at. That's like – that's a lot of money, especially for these guys that probably – like the, the end of On the, the bench. On the end of the bench, kinda, yeah. Yeah, they're making like minimum maybe $850,000 a year. You're talking about a full year's salary for those kind of borderline NBA players. And I mean, one one clip that I saw was a game that the Pacers were playing um, against the Celtics, and I believe they had beat the Celtics. And you just saw like one of the players had a dunk, like a, a really clutch up play at the end, and the entire bench was just going absolutely crazy. And you just know like that's the mindset that they're having, like, oh crap, we might actually win a bunch of money. And so that's kind of like what got me a little little excited about it. I'm like, okay, well, I I see where this is going. Like, I'm sitting here in in November or December now, watching a, a basketball game between the Indiana Pacers and the Boston Celtics, where I wouldn't give a lick of who's playing or even wins that game beforehand. And I, I wonder, like, like think about it like this, too. Like, as Kings fans, especially, like, right now and the way the season's going, like, we're excited. We're pumped up. Everything. We want to watch every game because we're expecting to win. We're expect, expecting to watch some really good hockey. But, I mean, imagine, like, being, like, a fan of, like, the Blue Jackets or, like, some of these other teams that are kind of just down in the in the dumps right now, watching kind of really mediocre teams play or re- mediocre hockey being played. But then, like, what if you added like an in season tournament where you okay, we're our regular season's not really going that well, but let's add an in season tournament to that and maybe spark it up a little bit? Because as hockey fans, we always like are so proud of how exciting playoff hockey is. We brag about it to everybody and we say nothing beats playoff hockey, and I totally agree with that. So why don't we try to implement more playoff hockey with an in-season tournament? And I know maybe it'll be gimmicky, but if you add that extra money and try to get the players involved, because that's kind of where you're going to have the people bought in. Because if you don't have the players involved, then it's not going to go well. And it certainly kind of helped out in the NBA to have that additional incentive of the of the money there. And the players that seem to be bought in, like I mentioned with LeBron and KD talking about it. So if you have that little extra incentive for the players and you, you get these fun playoff level intensity hockey games being played in November and December as opposed to I mean we're sitting here waiting like we're talking about like Stanley Cup we can't wait for the playoffs to start like we're Kings fans and this could be our chance to like watch playoff hockey in November December so I'm kind of open to the idea I'd much rather see this be played rather than some gimmicky four nation team tournament that has nothing really involved you're not really winning anything or competing against an entire like group of, of countries you're playing against four countries that are just put together for money i'd rather see this involved you can make it regular season games kind of the same kind of setup that they have for the nba add a little add an extra kind of trophy at the end maybe a mini stanley cup or a mini something and then go from there and i mean this uh, the ho- hockey is never or the nhl doesn't really generate a lot of revenue so maybe you can have the an extra bit of revenue generated from this yeah i, I think the if you make it to pass the Past the pool play into the bracket that all those teams get a little extra It's not 500 K, but they get a little extra. Yeah. And so, you know, and with, if four, four teams or five teams in a bracket or in a, in a group, like all you have to do is potentially win two games, you get, 
you get two points there, maybe squeak out another one. And like, those are just one-off games where usually in the season, those, those standings kind of the cream rises to the crop, you know, the top and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. you could sneak a game here, a sneak a game there. You're, you might be a bottom feeder in the standings for the whole season, but you sneak a couple games, you earn an extra 50, 100K or whatever they want to make it for making it into the playoffs. And then, you know, 500K for the for the winners. Like it's a, a little extra cheddar, especially for, you know, the the entry-level guys who are making 900,000. Like to make a ninth of your salary or something like that, um, you know, just by making it this playoff and, and, and going, I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, if you could have... Like, Kings and Oilers games are already so exciting as it is. But let's just say, like, hypothetically, they get added into the same pool as this in-season tournament that in the NHL. If you have that, like, Kings-Oilers game in November, and then you add that just little extra incentive of this in-season tournament to it, I think you could see the players kind of step it up a little bit, get a little bit more physical, play a little bit more on edge. And I'm sure the fans would get a little bit more involved in it, too, so... I mean, like like I said, I wasn't. I was totally against it. I just told I just told myself this is going to be dumb and stupid. But the more I watch the NBA and and how it's turning out, I mean, the revenue is working, uh, and that would be huge for hockey. And I, I really like this whole uh, um, ops or um, a wayside. What's the word I'm looking for? But they're playing the semifinals in Las Vegas, so all the teams are going to Vegas, and the championships being played there. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty cool to have that kind of moved around to like if they did it in different cities as opposed to just Las Vegas in the NHL too. So I think there's kind a lot of, of fun you can do with this. Yeah. Because in unlike, unlike football, the, the NHL, they they're played at, they're played at a, the home stadiums, right. Which rightfully so, you know, we get it, but like Kubiak SP coming here in neutral location, each city could bid on those locations. You'd have, you know, three games of hockey there uh, over a weekend, maybe a Friday and a Sunday game. Uh, the tournament, you know, go uh, plays over the weekend. You're going to have obviously a lot of fanfare, people trying to buy tickets to go there, you know, and I think it's going to be, it would be kind of cool. And then and there's also bragging rights, you know, Hey, whether they call it the Gretzky cup, cause he's the greatest player to ever play or, or something along those lines. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be something there, extra bragging rights, something else to start another trophy. And, and, and it's happening elsewhere. You look at the premier league in, in soccer, yeah. right? They have, they have the Premier League. Each of those divisions have their own cup. They have the FA Cup where any division can play each other. And that goes on. In be- those games are played during the season in between other games as well. And so it just more more hockey to figure out, or I guess the same amount of hockey uh, to figure out. I mean, Tra- Trapper 9 has a good, you know, the Thousand Oaks Cup. Uh, you you know, Trevor, Trevor Moore is an icon, and maybe he should have the cup uh, named after him. But, you know, they, they could do, like I said, you Kubiak said you could see your team in live in another market. Um, you could get places like uh, Salt Lake City who don't have markets or teams like that or have it in Kansas City where you're kind of traveling to a complete neutral. Um, the, only, you know. the only thing I'll say with that with the neutral site, and I, I appreciate Kubiak SP giving, giving me the, the wording there, but yeah, with the neutral site, the only thing I'd be worried about is just having the, the amount of NHL fans traveling from a certain area because I know NHL fans don't travel probably as much as NBA fans or even like the NFL or anything like that. But I mean, just thinking like offhand, like imagine like it was an outdoor rink for the, the semifinals in the championship. Uh, so like it's supposed to just having like the Winter Classic being played in these random cities every year. You can make the Winter Classic the in-season tournament. We could just call it the Winter Classic. Perfect yeah. right there. Done. 
and then have some extra money generated from that. But, and that's usually right around January 1st. You have the finals at the start of the new year. 100%. You, know. you have the finals on New Year's Day. I'm going to I'm gonna email Gary right now and tell him. Get get on that's it. That's idea for me. So uh, <laughs> not not everybody's for it here. So they, there can only be one NHL playoffs. That's why it's special. Maybe the non-playoff teams have a tournament and the winner gets the best draft odds instead of a lottery deciding it. I think but then the better team has the best chance. And so you're not giving the worst teams a, a chance to get the, the best players there. But I think it's something to, to poke around at. I thought like yeah. you it was going to be completely BS and like, hey, these players aren't going to get up for this. And like, what's what's going on there? And I think it could be something that, that they get up for. And, you know, there's there's no I mean, I understand, you know, if you're a Kings fan in, in that city, like I am in Dallas, you want to see them come there. And so maybe that takes away one, a potential for me to see my team twice a year. But, you know, you know, but do they need to play? They only play like the Tampa Bay Lightning twice. Do they do they need to play them twice? Probably not. You know, so it just got like I understand, you know, it might diminish some of your chance to see your team in, in that in that city. I guess some fans would be kind of upset about that. But you might be seeing more spicy games. You'd be seeing greater events. Like you said, it could be a neutral location. It could be an outdoor location. It could be, hey, the, the Winter Classic in, in Alaska or whatever, like or playing on a pond in a mountainside or, mm-hmm. you know, like where they do it up and it's just it's just crazy. And it's a one-of-a-kind experience where fans would go to travel if your team was in it last minute to see, you know, like your team play in – on an army base or like whatever, you know, like, you know, like who knows, you know, like, Oh, this I mean, is, uh, it. they play on an air force base in Colorado. There you go. Yeah. This, uh, this game is brought to you under the water, you know, or what in a dome here, like you just kind of weird, weird stuff like that. And you, I mean, you it, 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 fun. it seems like, it seems like the NHL is just looking for any ways to generate revenue. And like, like I said, they're, they're having this like random international tournament and there's this talk of like TV deals and all this stuff. And, and obviously with the, um, uh, the broadcast situation the way it is and Bally's just having, man, I feel bad for everybody that's kind of having troubles with Bally's. It's just been terrible to hear. But I mean, with all those situations too, I mean, you could just add this extra additional revenue like the NHL is looking for. I mean, why not try it? Right. I mean, the, the NBA, they're not adding any extra games besides the one or two games for the finals and the semifinals. So if they're just regular season games as it is, and you just added a little extra incentive to it. I don't think it'll hurt anybody. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, if Huck, if the Kings have to play 84 games before the playoffs, and the team gets a chance to win an extra half mil, I'm sure the players will be fine with that. 100, 100. percent So, well, I mean, without Joe, we're not going to go an extra 45 minutes. Uh, I think we, I think <laughs> you and I have talked enough uh, for tonight. You know, save save our save our breath and in our voice uh, for screaming at the television tomorrow when the Kings uh, break that streak again. New hockey royalty shirts are out. Go ahead and check our. Uh, Twitter feed for what they look like at Trevor Moore, California hockey royalty shirt uh, in the forum blue and gold. $30 sizes, men's small to extra large orders, contact at hockeyroyalty.com, which is an email. Uh, we are right now doing Venmo. We are going to be extending a lot of those stuff out, hopefully in the future with other payment opportunities. If you are out of the country, uh, d- uh, directly uh, DM Russ or the hockey royalty Twitter uh, in order to kind of get that negotiated and go, we want to make sure that uh, you guys do get your shirts as well. Thank you guys for being in the chat. Please hit that like, subscribe button, tell your friends, tell your mom, uh, tell your girlfriends to subscribe. We are on the quest to a thousand, a little over 800 now. And so we're going to get that by playoffs, baby. We're going to get that by the playoffs. So appreciate that. We're going to watch some history tomorrow uh, with the Kings. Uh, and as always on this podcast.
Go Kings Go.